Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. We are short-staffed today, so I appreciate your patience. Uh, our text today is twofold. We have Isaiah 6 and John, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Matthew 21. Jo uh, Isaiah 6 is the account of Isaiah's vision in the temple where he sees the presence of God and the holy angels around the throne of God singing out holy, holy, holy. As well as Matthew 21 where the Lord comes into his city, Jerusalem, astride a donkey, with the children singing the song of ascent from, from Psalm 118. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Now, the traditional words of the song just follow those two passages. Holy, 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 Lord God of Sabaoth, or Lord God of hosts, or Lord God Almighty. Heaven and earth are full of your glory. Blessed is he, blessed is he, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The alternative that we have today in Divine Service 5 is Luther's choral version of the Isaiah episode on its own. Luther loved to tell stories. He loved to tell stories from Scripture. He loved to recount them so that they were useful for teaching and preaching as well together. And when it came to setting the holy, holy, holy to music for his German-speaking congregation there in Wittenberg, he wrote this hymn, Isaiah, Mighty Seer in Days of Old, and told the story. Because for many of them, they had not only never had opportunity to sing the Sanctus in German, it was not necessarily a given that they knew where these words came from and what was the story behind the Sanctus, the story behind the story. And so he recounts for them in the hymn itself, Isaiah, mighty seer in days of old, the Lord of all in spirit did behold on a lofty throne in splendor bright with robes that filled the temple courts with light. So far, Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. Above the throne were flaming seraphim. Six wings had they, these messengers of him. With two they veiled their faces as was right. With two they humbly hid their feet from sight. And with the other two aloft they soared, one to the other called and praised the Lord. Holy is God. Now, why sing the Sanctus after the words of institution? Well, perhaps it's obvious, perhaps, but perhaps it isn't. The words of institution give you a promise. The words of institution, the words of our Lord, as he gives us his own body and blood, there at this point, at least, on the altar, is simply to say that the Lord God Almighty is here. The Lord God Almighty is here in the building. He is with us now in a way that he has promised to be and is unique in the occurrence 
of our lives together. It is unique in this weekly way, but we, we talk about God being everywhere and with us always, and that's true, because God is everywhere, and His Word is with us always. His Word is locked up in our hearts because of words that we've memorized over the years. His Word is ringing in our ears as the memory of, of word and song of Scripture come to us as we go about our work. But none of that, none of that is the same as this. And there is a uniqueness in the very gift of the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ provided for his people for the forgiveness of sins so that the very fruits of the cross and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ can be your own possession. God wants to give you gifts. It's surprising to think, perhaps, of God that way. But, in, but God, in his generosity, the Lord, in his first and foremost character of, of gospel, love, and forgiveness, wants to give you gifts. Now that perhaps is a, a different kind of perspective than what we oftentimes hear from the overall Christian church around us in these necks of the woods. But that is the message of Scripture. The Lord God Almighty is not interested in staying away and throwing thundering lightning bolts down on people's heads like Zeus. That's Zeus. <laughs> That's not Yahweh. Yahweh is a God who wants to come and take hold of his people's hand and walk with them in the cool of the Garden of Eden. And until he can do that with us face to face in the resurrection of the body, he is given so that he can do it with us under the cross. And so we bide our time, but it is still the same God who is still with us. And when he promises, he delivers. So our response to seeing God, to being in the presence of God, in equal measure to what Isaiah experienced, should be what? Should be to nonchalantly follow the direction of the ushers down an aisle and come up to an altar and kneel because everybody else is kneeling and take whatever is given to us and because somebody said, put it in your mouth, put it in your mouth. That's not the way Isaiah experienced it. And if we follow his instruction and if we follow his pattern, and if we learn from angels anything, it is to be in awe and in reverence for the God who has chosen to be with sinners. Jesus came to be with sinners. Some of them recognized their sin, and some of them didn't. Some of them recognized their sin, and they came humbly, willingly, joyfully, to know that this was the guy who was able to do what they needed getting done. They needed forgiveness. They needed resurrection life because they knew they didn't have it. The Pharisees and the Sadducees and the Herodians and the other ones who come to test Jesus, 
They think they've got it all figured out. They don't need Jesus. They don't need what's here given. And so they miss the presence of God. Thinking they've got it all figured out and thinking they've got it all together and coming to him pridefully and hypocritically, they miss what it is they're talking to. And so test him to see whether he meets their standard as opposed to the way Isaiah approaches the Lord. Knowing that he is a man of unclean lips in the midst of an unclean people who needs purification Otherwise, he will die. Now, this is a gift of life. It is a gift of life that is intended for your good. But it is also a gift of life that is intended to be a promise received in faith. And so it does come with a warning. The same warning that every presence of God comes with. Because when God arrives... Prophets and the saints know that they are, first and foremost, in danger. Because in and of ourselves, apart from the sanctifying word and promise of God, the presence of God in his holiness breaks out upon sinful people and kills them. They are dead. And God warns his people about his presence. Be careful of these things. Be careful of those things to use them in trust and faith because apart from that trust and faith, <coughs> it will kill your spiritual life. You will become nonchalant about God and you will go through the motions and your faith will become not ritual but routine. And in that routine, you will take God for granted then you will begin to impose upon his grace willfully and pridefully. These are the dangers of being a part of the human race and having original sin and all of the ways that our life in faith can become skewed when we don't take seriously that the word of God is at work among us. But when he says, I am here, then our proper response is to kneel. Our proper response is to be prostrate in front of the Lord God Almighty, to fall down as though dead, as Isaiah and John and others do in the scriptures, when the God Almighty shows himself to them. And to sing along with angels, holy, holy is the Lord God of hosts, the God of the heavenly armies, the commander-in-chief, who can tell these seraphim and these cherubim, Go, move that mountain and throw it into the sea, and it is done. This is the God who not only created, but also redeemed, and now sanctifies all the human race and all his earth, so that it might be a fit place for the holiness of God and the holiness of his people. So when the words of institution come ringing out as the promise that Jesus is now here, come to you for your good and for your benefit. It is the proper response to sing along with Isaiah, Holy, holy, holy. Holy is the Lord God Almighty, the one who can do all things and has chosen 
joyfully and graciously to use all of that power to forgive my sins and to raise me from the dead and to give to me a promise and embed it from his flesh into mine that there is that joyful hook from which he is going to sink down deep into my grave and reach in and grab me out of it again. If you eat and drink of my flesh and blood as true food and true drink, I will raise you up on the last day, John 6. The power of God for our sakes and for our good. And the guarantee and pledge of it is right here. Because the body and blood of the resurrected Lord Jesus Christ, reigning as King over all at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, says it is so. The one who does all things well, does this well as well. So the holiness of God is shouted forth by angels, and we accompany them in common response together here on earth. But that song also has a second part, and it drives us right back into Jesus' own life and story. When it was time for him to arrive, to arrive in his city, to take up his place as the <coughs> king of that city, as its high priest, as its prophet, to bring the word of the Lord. The children sang, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna, Lord, save us. <coughs> so not only is he the holy God come to his people, but he has come as our king. He has come as our priest. He has come as our prophet in order to hosanna us, to save us. And with all of that might and power, authority, glory, and splendor, he focuses on exactly what we need. Even, even if sometimes we don't remember it's what we want. It is exactly what we need. What we need is to be reconciled to him, first of all. So that there is no fear and that there is only love. And that we be reconciled one to another. That there be not only forgiveness from God to you, but forgiveness from God to you to all. So that we are not stopgaps for the love of God, but that it flows just as it was meant to flow. That the word of God has its way with us. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. That is our, also our final call. Remember what Jesus said when he was going to his cross? You will see me again and you will welcome me again when I come in all my glory and you will sing that psalm one more time. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. When the sign is right and the moment has come, when Jesus appears in his glory, that's your line. It's a good time to practice it again. Practice it again every week as Jesus arrives and comes because there does come a day when he does arrive and come and call.
pull all of this off to be done and to bring us home. And in that arrival, it is the same line we are given to say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So, people of God, these words, holy, 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 this welcome and greeting to the Lord Jesus Christ himself, because he has now taken this further step from the door up to the altar, and now right here, ready to be eaten and drunk by God's people, so that all of us may be the body of Christ for the sake of the world, to do as he did, and to be led by his Spirit into the world for its redemption, for its salvation, because the word of God goes out from our lips as well. The promise of God is here for you to draw and keep you in his trust, faith, and hope. And you are there to be fed so that you can have the promise of resurrection embedded in you for all time. That he will recognize his own when the shepherd comes to gather his sheep into its one flock. So that you and he and we might be one. Amen. The peace of God that passes all human understanding, keep your hearts and minds in faith towards Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen.